You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Burke will be out today. He got some Xbox thumb. It's a pretty serious condition, and it will keep him out, make him day-to-day for the podcast. So he will be out today. So I will be uh, manning the show by myself, which uh, is always a good place to be. So let's get right into the goats of the week. The first goat on our list will uh, go to Baker Mayfield. He was 24 for 34, 327 yards, three touchdowns. He had an interception against Miami. Um, the interception, not so good, but the three touchdowns and the 327 yards definitely are good. He uh, threw it to Jarvis Landry twice, threw it to Odell Beckham for the other touchdown, and... You know, when there's no Del Beckham sighting, that's a great thing. And it's good to see those two connect finally. And Baker Mayfield has a pretty easy schedule from here on out. So he's a guy you definitely want to have in play if you have them on your roster. If you don't, I don't think he'd be available on waivers. <laughs> Sorry, you, you missed out on the, uh, you know, you missed the boat. And... uh you know, he was my start of the week last week, so if, you, if you've been listening to the show, uh, you know that I was really high on him in this matchup, and he came through. Next on the list is Sam Darnold for the Jets. Now, I really liked him. I thought he was going to have a great week against the Raiders just because of how many deep balls the Raiders give up. Uh, they're tops in the league on 20-plus yard completions. The the issue, though, was the Raiders didn't know that there was a game going on because the Jets just annihilated them. And I thought it was going to be a pretty high-scoring close game. And it was high-scoring, just high-scoring for the Jets, not the Raiders. Darnold got uh, 20 for 29, 315 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran the ball four times for 16 yards, which isn't significant, but he scored a touchdown rushing. So overall, he had three touchdowns. And uh, Sam Darnold is kind of like Baker Mayfield, where the schedule is pretty good the rest of the way. And Sam Darnold is turning into a really good play. And he's one of those guys you want to hang on to. If he's on the waiver wire, you need to pick him up. And if you have him, you need to keep him because he definitely is a good fallback guy or if you have a quarterback that isn't producing at the moment, he might be able to get you into the playoffs with uh, with how well he's playing and, and the matchups that he has. So good for Sam Darnold. On to number three, it's uh, Jameis Winston. 18 for 28, 313 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw the two picks, but, you know, it's Jameis Winston, so there's always going to be a couple picks. And this was against Atlanta who, you know, Atlanta's defense has been playing lights out the last couple of weeks, so Winston was kind of a scary play just because of that. But he really came through, and, uh, you know, most of those yards and touchdowns were, you know, thanks to Chris Godwin. But it, it counts on Winston's stat sheet, too, and uh, he did a great job. And 
uh, definitely one of the, the goats of the week. And following Jameis Winston, we have Drew Brees, 30 for 39, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception against Carolina. And this stat line is about where you thought it would, would be uh, basically because it's Drew Brees. And Carolina has been pretty porous against the, the pass. And when you have a quarterback like Drew Brees, that just kind of adds up. And, uh, you know, the, those three touchdowns were, you know, they were impressive. Uh, Laquan Smith getting, uh, or Trey Quan Smith, I should say, gets the, uh, the touchdown. You know, he's been injured most of the year, so it's good to see him starting to get some uh, play. And Michael Thomas, of course, you, you can't forget about him. Uh, and I, I bet you didn't because it's Michael Thomas. So a good game all around and uh, definitely facilitated by Drew Brees. Now here's the big one that uh, kind of came out of nowhere, but when you think about it, it really shouldn't. Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars, he was 14 for 18, which, you know, 18 passes, uh, if, I, if I would have known 18 passes coming in, I would have stayed far away from Ryan Tannehill. But he was 14 for 18 for 259 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran the ball for seven times for 40 yards and had another two touchdowns. So Ryan Tannehill, since he's been playing, uh, you know, taking over for Marcus Mariota, has been a top five quarterback. And if you count the fantasy points, I believe he's a number two quarterback overall behind Lamar Jackson. So... Ryan Tannehill is, is definitely a guy that uh, is going to be winning some fantasy football leagues for some teams and or at least helping teams make a playoff push. And I, I, I was surprised because, you know, with the Dolphins, you didn't see any of this with the Dolphins. He looked like he was going to be a bust. And, you know, sometimes it, you know, going to different organization that's able to uh, take care of a quarterback and, and work towards their strengths it shows what kind of production you can get. Uh, and actually, I want to throw this in here, too, because uh, this was started, or this started to be recorded before the Monday night game, but uh, Lamar Jackson going 15 for 20, a, a Ryan Tannehill type of line, 169 yards, but he had five touchdowns, which is just outrageous. The first two to Hollywood Brown, and... Uh, you know, a couple to Willie Sneed, and he just looked impressive. Uh, he also ran the ball for eight times, getting 95 yards, and the Rams just looked overmatched from start to finish. It was never a game. Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind right now, and everybody, you know, on, on Twitter and everywhere else is talking about how, imagine Lamar Jackson on my team. And I guess that my issue with that is, the Baltimore Ravens built a whole entire offense around what Lamar Jackson can do. And kudos to them because it is something to behold. But very few teams would scrap their offense and rebuild it to, you know, to to make it work around their quarterback. And for the Ravens to do that and for it to work so beautifully, it's just it's fun to watch. And uh, Lamar Jackson definitely is on this list. And he will probably be on this list many more times uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. 
Going right into the running back goats of the week, we're going to start it off with Derrick Henry. Three definites in this world, death, taxes, and Derrick Henry running over the Jaguars defense. And the crazy thing about Derrick Henry is he's so nimble, but he doesn't look so nimble. He looks like he's going to get caught from behind every time he touches the ball. And nobody can catch him, and he's off, and he gets those big uh, gains, whether it's receiving or rushing. And he, he did it again against the Jaguars, and it looked pretty similar to the one he did last year against the Jaguars. So Derrick Henry is one of the top running backs this year, and if you were able to snag him in the third round where he was going in most drafts, good for you because you're, you're probably in a position to uh, be making the playoffs. Rashawn Penny, he had 14 carries, which is impressive, only having 14 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. He had a 59-yard run against the Eagles that looked really impressive. And I think the usage of Rashawn Penny was the big thing because with Chris Carson, the way he has been playing, nobody Put, uh, put much stock into Rashawn Penny doing anything fantasy-wise against the Eagles. And now I'm kind of scared with how well Penny looked. It definitely looks like it could be a committee-type feel for the rest of the season, and not because Chris Carson's horrible or sucks by any means. I, I just think that uh, they are both have been equally impressive, and they're going to get both uh, as many touches as they can and that's bad news for Chris Carson owners but I think great news for Rashawn Penny owners if if there are any if there's not someone needs to rush out and get Rashawn Penny at least uh, you know for his upside Mark Ingram is the next on the list 15 carries 111 yards and one touchdown against the Rams and I'm not gonna lie Ingram's stat line was really due to Lamar Jackson, how lethal he was. Even his touchdown was because Lamar Jackson slipped at the two-yard line and fell down. And uh, Ingram just kind of took it over from there. But, uh, yeah, Ingram just was a boss against the Rams, the way he was running the ball. And it was good to see. You're wondering, you know, with Gus Edwards, if he was going to dip into some of his touches, and he did, but uh, and Edwards had a all right day, but uh, Ingram still got his uh, stats that you would expect from a number one running back on your fantasy football team. Moving along to Nick Chubb, he is the next on our list, and I'll be honest, the GOAT segment's usually not this long, but there was a lot of guys with uh, really impressive stats this week, so we're putting them all on here and talking about them. And Nick Chubb, 21 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown against Miami. Nick Chubb had an amazing matchup. You knew uh, with how bad Miami was at stopping the run that this would more than likely happen. Uh, I had actually thought that Chubb might get more yards rushing than he did since he was playing Miami. But the way Baker Mayfield was passing the ball, it, it makes sense. And that was what you were kind of worried about. Was it going to be the Nick Chubb show where they ran all of them or were they going to, you know, use Baker Mayfield and uh, just pass all over, all over them because Miami's susceptible to both. And 
I think they made the good choice with uh, having Baker throw it all over the field just because you don't want more wear and tear on Chubb until you need it. But uh, it really didn't matter because Chubb still had an amazing game, and it was pretty much a first-half game. Cleveland dominated the first half and then just kind of called off the dogs for the second half, and it really wasn't as effective. But uh, moving on on our list is Jonathan Williams, 26, tu- uh, 26 touches, which is pretty substantial. 104 yards and a touchdown against the Texans. And, you know, Williams was one of our pickups of the week last week. If you picked him up and started him, you're reaping the rewards. He looked really good. And I think he has a good matchup coming up this week and would be worth a play if you were able to grab him. So if not, then, you know, that's the way it goes. But Jonathan Williams is definitely a running back that uh, you you need to grab for this week. Leonard Fournette, 24 carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns against the Titans. Kind of overshadowed by what Derrick Henry did, but uh, Leonard Fournette had an equally good game. And, I mean, it's Leonard Fournette, so you were starting him if you had him, and you're glad that you did because he looked really good against the Titans, and it, it's good to see the uh, Jaguars trying to incorporate Fournette more because, you know, they were using him a lot earlier on. I think when Foles came back, they kind of got away from it just because they were excited about Foles. He's like a new toy that you get where you open it up and you want to play with it, and then you get bored of it and put it in the corner. And that's kind of what happened to Nick Foles where, you know, they were letting Leonard Fournette come back out and uh, do what he does. Receiver goats of the week, and it begins and ends with Chris Godwin. Seven catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he just took got a bomb from Jameis Winston right off the bat, and, you know, Chris Godwin is the receiver to own. I get that Mike Evans scores almost as much points as him, and he has some big weeks, but Chris Godwin never disappears, and Mike Evans does, you know, at least he has three to four times so far this year, and so having someone that hot and cold, you know, you definitely want to look at that from a fantasy perspective. It's tough to uh, to manage when someone is, you know, has an opportunity to blow up, but then also could do nothing, and... Uh, that's kind of Mike Evans, so good for Chris Godwin on, on what he was able to do, and he's a, he's an impressive receiver and definitely had the preseason hype, and he's uh, followed through on that. Jarvis Landry, we mentioned him earlier with uh, Baker Mayfield, 10 catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. This connection that Mayfield has with Jarvis Landry is just amazing, and it's not going away and it keeps getting better and better. So Jarvis Landry is someone that is fun to watch, and you want him in your lineup every single week. And I I think you're going to have more weeks where he has similar stat lines, which is saying a lot because this was a really good performance by him. A.J. Brown is next for the Titans against the Jaguars. Uh, Four catches, 135 yards, had one touchdown. It was... 
good to see. A.J. Brown is a tank, and he's impressive. You know, this is his rookie year, so you look at him down the road, he's going to be a weapon. And Ryan Tannehill was able to get him the ball. I, I think the big issue was they weren't able to get the ball in, in the Marcus Mariota-led offense. And now uh, A.J. Brown is showing what he can do, and he's getting the, the targets. Now, he's not getting blown away by targets. He gets, you know, three to six per game. But he is a big play guy, and he's making the most of those. DJ Moore for the Panthers is on our list. And I'm really proud of DJ Moore. This surprised me a little bit. And uh, he had six catches for 126 yards, two touchdowns. He is just getting more and more targets every week that goes along with Kyle Allen. They never go away. Curtis Samuel is actually the one hurting a little bit in regards to uh, the targets that uh, target volume. DJ Moore is turning into that number one receiver that he was drafted to be, and it's good to see. And he he's just been really impressive. And I was really surprised this week that uh, he he was just able to I don't know to dominate like he is, and it doesn't matter who he's against anymore. So he's he's an every week starter. You don't have to worry about matchups with him anymore. And even uh, if you're a gambling person on FanDuel, he, he's a great guy to put in because you know that uh, he's not going to disappoint you. And he's going to get the targets and, and volume to, to potentially have big weeks every week. DeAndre Hopkins, I wanted to put him on here. Six catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns. The reason for that is DeAndre Hopkins is an amazing receiver. He just kind of had the Julio Jones syndrome where he wasn't scoring a ton. And uh, even his yards at some weeks were a little disappointing. I know earlier on in the year you were kind of freaking out about DeAndre Hopkins on whether he was going to be a bust or was going to pull through. Well, I think DeAndre Hopkins is definitely pulling through. Had a great game. And... uh, it was against the Colts team, and, and there are no pushovers by any means. So it's just great to have De- DeAndre Hopkins on here because he's a great receiver, and he just uh, hasn't had a, any really top performances this year, and uh, he definitely had one now. So good for him, and uh, we will move it along. Now it's time for our tight end goats of the week, and there was there was a lot of bad tight end performances, but uh, the very best was George Kittle, six catches, one hundred and twenty nine yards, a touchdown against the Packers, and George Kittle just doing George Kittle things. Uh, now that he's back from injury, you knew he was a big time play, and he definitely was. And I know, you know, just just watching him, he, he didn't even look like uh, the injury affected him at all. So he's back to being, you know, an everyday start. Get him in there. There's uh, not too many other tight ends that are going to be able to do what he does week to week. So good for him. And, yeah, against Car- uh, 
against the, the, the Packers, it's even more impressive. Jared Cook against the Panthers, which was what I was trying to lead into, but it was a lead-in that I did very badly. But Jared Cook is uh, six catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. It's good to see him have that rapport with Drew Brees. He's really coming on. I He was another one that was really started off slowly and is now just having a pretty being pretty consistent week to week and you know it wasn't a huge stat line but for for the tight end if you were able to get that production this week it definitely was uh helping your cause and you're definitely taking over that tight end spot from your opponent when uh, he does stuff like that so good for Jared Cook and then uh Zach Ertz 12 catches which is insane 12 catches I know Alshon Jeffrey was hurt and uh Nelson Aguilar was hurt, but 12 catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown against Seattle. And I'll be honest, I figured having 12 catches, you'd have more than 91 yards. It it just seems like you would. You'd take the 91 yards, but if you just saw 12 catches, you definitely are thinking more, way over 100 yards, if not close to 150 yards with that many catches. But Zach Ertz is another one that's been like Cook and Kittle. So these guys all kind of have things in common where they started off slow and have just been, you know, coming on strong and uh, really making a push. And this is great timing because you're trying to make the playoffs or you're in the playoffs and it's going to be playoff time. So it's uh, definitely couldn't come at a a better time for you. Let's uh, get right back up into the ghosts. Time for ghosts, and it's very first on our list. Aaron Rodgers against the Forty ers Now, this wasn't a great matchup. I don't. Aaron Rodgers are, is a real matchup dependent quarterback. He does great against really ba- really good matchups. Does bad against bad matchups. And Forty ers are just a bad matchup. But he was twenty for thirty three, one hundred and three yards. One touchdown, was sacked five times, and he also had a fumble. So very unlike Aaron Rodgers, things happened in this game. And I never thought we'd get to the point where Aaron Rodgers is a matchup-based play. But that's where we are. And again, he's just he's getting it done against good matchups. He's really getting it done, but then he's really not getting it done against bad matchups. So... Uh, just something to think about when you move ahead towards the uh, the playoffs on Aaron Rodgers. You might want to have another option for this bad matchup because you don't want it costing you money or, again, a spot to get money in, in the playoffs. Derek Carr is on our list. I was really high on Derek Carr. Man, I was high on Derek Carr. I thought he was going to have an amazing week. He was actually almost my play in a couple different leagues and I'm really glad I stayed away from him because you know the Jets secondary not very good but Derek Carr 15 for 27 127 yards one interception sacked once just really mediocre game and and all the Raiders had a really mediocre game getting only 127 yards really hurts and 
I, I just I can't explain this game. The, the not that the Jets won because, you know that, the Jets are an improved team. They definitely can win those type of games, especially with the Raiders going all the all the way to the East Coast. But I didn't expect a slaughter like what happened, and yeah, we I I we don't want to talk about Derek Carr anymore. Jacoby Brissett was on there against the Texans on Thursday night, sixteen for twenty five. 129 yards, zero touchdowns, sacked once. Just, I don't know, really disappointing day for, for Jacoby Brissett. You were thinking, at least against the Texans, that uh, Texans weren't the same team they were before. They give up a lot of yards now, and it didn't matter. Brissett made the Texans look like their defense of old. Um, it's a good thing Williams was able to uh, do what he did on the ground because there wasn't much else there for this Colts offense, and it was tough to tough to see. Mason Rudolph is on our list, of course, because his night or evening was so bad that he got benched. He was eight for sixteen, eighty-five yards, threw a pick, and ever since he got knocked out by Earl Thomas, he. And being on the road as well on top of that, he just doesn't play well on the road, and he doesn't play well after getting knocked out, which I get. It's tough to, uh, you know, get knocked out cold and then, uh, you know, the concussion and everything else that you got and uh, have the right frame of mind. You might be playing a little timid, which no one blames the guy, but... His play the last couple of weeks after that has just been horrid and hasn't looked like the same Mason Rudolph that looked like he was making strides week to week. So chalk him up to a uh, really, I don't know, I, I think he really deserved to be benched, and I think he's going to be benched this week. And actually, I think it was even confirmed today that uh, he will be benched. So stay away from Mason Rudolph. Going into our running back ghosts of the week, and you know how I was talking about how we had a lot of goats? This running back ghosts segment is just ridiculous. And I'm going to run through it really quick because this could potentially take up the whole show if I spent a lot of time on it. That's the amount of suckiness that happened at the running back position this week. There really wasn't a lot of... uh, wasn't a lot of yards to be had and I don't know if it was just the week or what but you had to be really disappointed in in a lot of running backs Uh, we'll start it off with James White he the reason why he's on the list was because you expected things against the Cowboys at least receiving and you thought he would be the most consistent option on uh, on the Patriots well he had two rushes for five yards one catch for six yards and he was just a disaster. If you played him, you had to be disappointed. Jalen Samuels is our next one. He was the start of the week for NFL.com. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't transpire. He had two rushes for six yards and had three catches for 26 yards against the Bengals. And they had the right idea with the matchup against the Bengals, but uh, if you were paying attention with Benny Snell coming back, Jalen Samuels is really a kind of change of pace guy that can do, you know, can play tight end, can play running back, can 
go out in the slot receiver. Uh, that's how they use him, and Benny Snell is really the workhorse behind James Conner. And once Benny Snell came back, he was the better play, uh, and, and we kind of talked about this last week as well, that uh, he, he's the one that was, was going to get the rushing yards. And he did. He, Benny Snell came through, but Jalen Samuels didn't. So if, if you had him in your lineup, you, you were disappointed. Kalen Balage, seven carries for 13 yards. It's not even two yards a carry against the Browns. And I want to say it's because the Browns' defense was amazing, but you're the Dolphins, and you've been doing this all year, and, you know, Balage can't even fall forward because two yards is really just falling forward. And it was just a really sad sight to see Kalen Balage kind of plodding around, not doing anything. And, you know, usually you can blame the offensive line, but in this case, I think a lot has to do with the running backs there as well, and, and they're just not they're not seeing the holes, they're not hitting the holes, and not that they have many holes, but they're not creating on their own either, and it just makes it tough. Brian Hill, it's the hill that I will die on, like I mentioned last week. Horrible, nine rushes for 14 yards against Tampa Bay, and I liked Brian Hill. I thought he was better than Edo Smith, but after these last two weeks, he's not showing me he's better than Edo Smith. He's actually showing me he's Edo Smith, uh, and that shows what I think of Edo Smith as well. But, man, Brian Hill just was such a disappointment. He's actually such a disappointment that, you know, Devontae Freeman's coming back, potentially, which is great, and we'll get into that. But uh, Quadri Olsen was a better play, and I think Quadri Olsen's a better play moving forward. If Freeman's not in there, Olsen's... You know, he's the goal line vulture, gets all the short yardage goal line carries, and just showing he's a better back. And that's sad for me because Brian Hill was, he was, I expected big things from him, and he just couldn't deliver. Speaking of not delivering, goes to my next running back, David Montgomery. 13 carries, 22 yards against the Giants. Giants are better at the rush than they have been, and you're expecting big things, but... David Montgomery is just, man, he had one good game, and you just keep waiting for him to turn it around. He was even at the goal line, got a couple goal line carries and couldn't get in, and I don't know, I'm tired of Montgomery. It's just not working out in the Chicago offense, and I'm at the point now where if you have him, you might want to drop him. He's not really adding any value to your team. And... As sad as that is, because you probably drafted him within the first five rounds to get him. But at this stage, it just looks like a lost cause with David Montgomery, and it's pretty sad. The next one on my list really pains me because I told everyone to start him in the fan duel. I expected a huge game, and Darius Geis delivered with not a huge game. 10 carries, 32 yards against Detroit. Man... I don't really want to talk about it, but I will for professional reasons. But Darius Geis just, I don't know what was going on with Washington's rushing attack. It was prime for them to do something. And I get Haskins is the quarterback, and they probably loaded the box. But I just, I have no words for, I expected a couple big plays from Geis, and we just got a bunch of nothing. So, 
Josh Jacobs is on our list because why not? I had Derek Carr, so I need to have Josh Jacobs. He was equally as bad against the Jets. 10 carries, 34 yards, and Jets weren't having it. They wouldn't let anyone score. Or I think, what, they got a field goal, the Raiders? Just a horrible performance all the way around. And the Jets are decent at stopping the run, so, I mean, that plays into it, too, where Josh Jacobs didn't necessarily have the dream matchup that you were thinking when you saw that they were playing the Jets. And, yeah, they were stout against them. Next on my list, Aaron Jones, 13 carries for 38 yards against the Seahawks. Man, like, you knew Seattle was decent at stopping the rush, but it was Aaron Jones, and this makes two bad performances in three weeks. And with Devontae Adams coming back, you're really starting to see a decline in Aaron Jones' production. And it's kind of, it's something that you could have not predicted, but it's been pretty evident, and it's staring you right in the face. Aaron Jones isn't as uh, as viable fantasy option when Devontae Adams is there because he's taken away from uh, Aaron, uh, Devontae Adams is taking Aaron Jones's targets and so those air yards that Aaron Jones is getting he's not getting them anymore and uh, he's had a bad week to to prove it. Man, we got to get started on these receivers because I will tell you what there are quite a bit that were letdowns. And we'll start with Zach Pascal. Uh, not a huge letdown. You know, we knew T.Y. Hilton was coming back, so that really puts uh, Zach Pascal as an afterthought in that offense. But uh, you didn't expect zero catches for zero yards, and that's exactly what he did. And then you look at, you know, we, we talked about it on the show last week when we were previewing the games, and... Patriots were going to try to take away the Cowboys' best option. And that best option was Amari Cooper. And they did that. And they did it really well. And I didn't expect a huge game from Amari Cooper, but I didn't expect zero catches for zero yards. And if you had Amari Cooper trying to get into the playoffs, that was really disappointing. And definitely didn't help your cause. And you might not be in the playoffs uh, or the playoff picture anymore, which is even more disappointing. Next on my list is Emmanuel Sanders. One catch for 15 yards against the Packers. Now, I give him a pass a little bit because he was hurt, wasn't even sure if he was going to play. But if he was going to play, you definitely expected more than, you know, the single catch for the 15 yards that he got. Tyrell Williams. Now, this one hurts my heart because I started him in FanDuel. I told everyone to start him in FanDuel. He was a bargain. Jets can't cover. They're going to move him around everywhere. He's going to have a huge game. And it didn't happen. He had two catches for 18 yards. And, and part of that was Derek Carr when he had 127 yards passing. But Tyrell Williams, you expected big things, and he really underdelivered this week. And my confidence is shaking on him now because – if he can't produce in this matchup, like when's he going back to his scoring ways? Because he's uh he's been drying up. Jameson Crowder against the Raiders on the opposite side of the field, two catches for eighteen yards. So it's pretty basically they were the same player on opposite teams doing the same exact things, and 
18 yards for any receiver is not something you you like to see and it was really it was really tough to watch Cortland Sutton one catch for 27 yards you know that's pretty impressive when you're able to get 27 yards off of one catch they played the Bills and Bills defense is pretty stout and Broncos don't really have a quarterback that can get their playmakers the ball but nonetheless you were expecting bigger things from Cortland Sutton Tyler Tyler Lockett's on here, one catch for 38 yards against the Eagles, and man, it was just disappointing. You he was hurt, you know, coming into the game, and you, you kind of want to stay away from guys until you see how they recover from their injuries. But if he was going to play, you, you think he has a great matchup against the Eagles, and he d- does this. And right alongside of him is T, uh, DK Metcalf, who got three catches for 35 yards against the Eagles. And this goes back to what we were talking about last week as well. Everyone sees the Eagles on a slate, and they're like, I need to start those receivers against the Eagles. Eagles are horrible at stopping the pass. Well, that was when they had a depleted secondary, and they weren't doing anything. And now they've been pretty good and they've been stopping those receivers and I'm glad not that I'm glad that this happened because you want to see Lockett and Metcalf do well for your teams but it just proved the point that I made in regards to the Eagles are pretty good at stopping receivers now and it's not the same team and stats show otherwise so people are listening to their stats and putting people in against the Eagles and the Eagles are shutting them down. So, uh, last on my list is DJ Chark. Five catches for 38 yards against the Titans. You didn't like the matchup, but you liked the fact that DJ Chark was a start every week. You know, I moved him to you must start every week status. And then he goes and, and does this to make me have my doubts. But I'm still playing him. I mean, he has a great matchup this week. So... There's no way that I'm I'm not playing DJ Chark anymore, but man, was it tough outing for him against the Titans last week. So wide receiver was a long list of ghosts, and tight end is just as long and disappointing. It's just a long, disappointing list of suckiness, and I apologize, but we have to address it all because it's significant. And on the list is Cameron Brait and actually O.J. Howard. One catch for 10 yards between the two of them. Cameron Brait had nothing. O.J. Howard had the 10 yards. And not what you like to see. I expected bigger things from Cameron Brait, especially. O.J. Howard, not so much, because he hasn't really proven anything this year, and you were just disappointed. So one catch, 10 yards between the both, both of them. And... uh yeah, it was it was a sad day for the tight end. Uh, obviously, you know, Chris Godwin took all those targets from them. DJ Hawkinson, zero catches, zero yards against Washington. Hawkinson is, man, he had a prime matchup. He figured he was going to do something finally. And he's hit the rookie wall because he started off so strong. And, and since the first, like, two weeks... 
really has been a non-factor, and, and you keep hoping for him, but it's just not working out for Hawkinson right now. And he's a rookie, so he has potential, but uh, you really thought he'd recover with this Washington matchup, and he didn't. And, and speaking of not living up to hype, Vance McDonald, one catch, one yard against the Bengals, primed to finally break out. Quarterbacks were motivated to get him targets and get him the ball and then they weren't because they didn't and he just had one yard on that catch and it's it's not looking good for Vance McDonald the rest of the year and just the hype surrounding him at the beginning of the year and what he could do with the Roethlisberger led, uh, led offense was really intriguing and it's it's just it's bad. It's bad over in Pittsburgh. Jimmy Graham, one catch, seven yards against the 49ers. And, yeah, it, I just put it on there because it was Jimmy Graham. And Niners are good at stopping anybody, but uh, you're hoping for something, and Jimmy Graham didn't deliver. Noah Fant. Now, I still like Noah Fant long-term. He was one of my pickups of the week for last week or the week before. Um, getting my weeks mixed together, but uh, three catches for 14 yards against the Bills. Bills are great defense, so I wouldn't be worried. Keep plugging Fant into your lineup uh, and just chalk it off to a really bad day. Jacob Hollister against the Eagles, that's another one. Two catches, 22 yards. And it goes, again, back to my theory of the Eagles' secondary isn't as bad as what you thought it was because all three of the Seattle receivers were on this list of ghosts. Just a really un unlike Hollister performance for the uh, three or so weeks we've gotten to know Jacob Hollister. Hopefully uh, this is, uh, and it is, he'll be fine, but uh, disappointed if you had him in your lineup. Uh, Darren Fells, one catch for 24 yards against the Colts. You know, he was a touchdown machine not too long ago. People started picking him up, and these last two games he's kind of fell back to earth and, and not doing what you wanted him to do. Dallas Goddard, or Goddard, seven catches, 32 yards, which is a lot of targets. It's kind of like the Ertz where he had 12 targets, Goddard had seven. I mean, there's no one else to throw to but the tight ends. But he only had 32 yards, and he lost a fumble. So from a fantasy fantasy perspective, that just it looks horrible. And, man, I just – if you would have known he would have had seven targets, you would, have been, you would be in on that. You would, uh, you would definitely be playing uh, Goddard and expecting big things and – it was not to be. He had a really bad bad game. So uh, let's take a quick pause and let's get right into the pickups of the week. Yay! All right, quarterback pickups. You know, we go over them every week. There's not a lot this week. Uh, and the the good news is We've been fairly ahead of the pickups. So as I s scour the waiver wire, 
a lot of the pickups that you're getting advice on are pickups that we've told you to pick up last week or the week before. So if you're listening to us, you're able to get these guys before everyone else does. And that's always a bonus because a lot of times you don't need to waste a white waiver priority on them. You can just pick them up and then people will be scrambling and realize that you already got them. So uh, my pickups for QB this week is, well, first one is Andy Dalton because Ryan Finley, they basically have seen enough of him. They they put him in there to see what they had and if they were going to need to waste their number one pick on a quarterback. And they are, is what they determined. They don't have a win. They're they're pretty much assured the first pick overall. And Ryan Finley is not that guy that they need him to be. And so Andy Dalton's in there. And he's he does well with good matchups. He's he's not a bad quarterback and uh, I think this helps out everybody on the Bengals offense if you have them. It helps out Mixon. It's going to help out Tyler Boyd. It's really going to help out Tyler Boyd. So uh, Andy Dalton can get some points, and you need to pick him up if you're hurting at quarterback or need another option because the the Bengals have the same schedule as the Browns and the Steelers, and it's, it's a pretty easy one. So there's, there's definitely points to be had with Andy Dalton. Uh, Next, I put Devlin Duck Hodges for the Steelers. I don't expect him to light it up, throw for 300 yards, but he's pretty efficient, and he's able to throw touchdown passes. You saw the one to James Washington, and you get two of those and 250 yards. Like That's that's a decent outing for a quarterback. And if you want a, you know, if you need a quarterback that's not going to kill you, and, you know, Cleveland... You don't think that's a great matchup, but it is. Steelers are at home, and they're a completely different offense at home than they are away. Cleveland's a completely different defense away than they are at home. So I, I'm not pounding the table for Duck Hodges, but if uh, I think he can definitely, I think he can max out at a, a touchdown and 200 yards and if you want something, someone uh, competent, that would be your choice. So going to the running backs for our pickups, you know, I, I want to talk briefly about last week. We told you to pick up Bo Scarborough, recommended Jonathan Williams, Gus Edwards, Jay Ajayi, and Benny Snell. And everybody but Jay Ajayi really had a great week. Gus Edwards, you know... Got you like six points, which maybe not Gus Edwards, but Scarborough, Jonathan Williams, Benny Snell all had pretty formidable weeks and are are people that you should be still playing coming into this week and uh, maybe even for the playoffs. I I just uh, like what I'm seeing from Williams, Scarborough, and Snell. And again, it just goes to show you that uh, pick them up the week or you know a week early and uh, have them in your lineup when they're doing uh, they're producing the way that uh, they showed that the, they are and uh, you'll be in good shape because uh, now it's probably a little bit too late and you're, you're not able to get these uh, players my pickups for running back this week Jalen Richard from the Raiders 
I say that because it looks more and more like they're not going to a committee, but Richard, or I should say Richard, however you pronounce his name, Richard is getting a lot of the passes out of the backfield and, and definitely getting uh, dipping into some of uh, Josh Jacobs' uh, targets. So he, he's worth having on your roster. And if anything, if something happens to Josh Jacobs, I think he would be the first back that they go to uh, over over Washington. So I think it's a good time to pick him up. Chris Thompson from Washington. Now, I say Chris Thompson because he's got back from injury a couple weeks or last week. And he's their pass catcher. And the Redskins, you know, they're trying to run the ball more, but... They're going to be behind, and they're going to need to need to throw. And Chris Thompson is such a effective safety valve that I think he has some value, and you need to be looking at him. And, and this is cheating because I have Jonathan Williams in again, but after last week, if someone didn't pick him up, this is like my plea to you, especially if I mentioned someone twice because I don't like to do that. Uh, if I told you to pick him up two weeks ago, I'm not going to tell you to pick him up two weeks later. But in Jonathan Williams' case, he's still so available in, in, in a lot of leagues. You definitely need to, to get him, and he has a great matchup. So don't sleep on Jonathan Williams. Go get him. Take advantage, especially if you're trying to get into the playoffs. This could be your you know, your time to get some cheap points, I call them. You, know, you, you pick up a, a free agent guy that uh, you plug in and, and play and, and does uh, – does as good as your starters. Wayne Gallman for the Giants. I have him because Saquon Barkley was hurt. He came back. He's not playing well. And it's one of those things where you're like, at what point do you just, you know, uh, throw in the towel on Saquon Barkley? Make sure he's healthy for next year. You don't want to damage him. So Gallman definitely could be a play here. He's going to be the guy that gets those carries if that happens. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but why not be prepared if it does? Because there's really not too many options to pick up at this time. And to have Gallman during the uh, stretch run for the playoffs is a valuable commodity. So I think he's worth a pickup. And saying that, you know, the bye weeks are over. Everyone had their bye weeks. So instead of having rosters where you're having guys that are pretty mediocre, you, you don't need to have spots to fill anymore unless there's injury. So now's the time to go get Tony Pollard, to go get Alexander Madison, to go get, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, uh, Mike Davis from the Panthers in case uh, McCaffrey goes down. Um, because this has happened to me like clockwork where I have a first round bye in the playoffs and my running back gets hurt during the bye. So then I start the playoffs with my thoroughbred running backs not available to me and I got to change course. So I think it's a good idea to grab some of these backups and, you know, Kareem Hunt, Benny Snell, for the, the Steelers, um, because if if one of these big studs go down, like, uh, like Dalvin Cook, you, you, you're able to replace them with someone that 
might not be able to get as many points, but is going to be pretty effective and, and get a lot of targets and carries to to help your team. So that's the advice on the running backs. Receivers, I have Miles Boykins from the Ravens. He, he got a couple catches on Monday night, but I'm starting to like what I see from him. They're really starting to incorporate him a little bit more. And Boykins is a rookie, so this late into the season, you're not really a rookie anymore. And I think his talent wins out. He knows the offense better. I think he's worth an add. And, uh, you know, if you have a dynasty league or something like that, he, he's definitely worth an add. I think he has potential in the future. He's a good receiver. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he just got back from his concussion. And so I think he's a good pickup. They they move him all over the place. He, he catches a lot of balls. And Sterling Shepard's a good receiver. So he's now that he's back from concussions, I'm sure a lot of people dropped him while he was having his concussions. So he might be a, a sneaky play that you can grab and uh, get some production out of. Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro is out for the year. They're not saying the year, but, I mean, he broke a rib and punctured a lung. I don't see him coming back, and especially at least for fantasy football season. And Zay Jones, I know I've been banging the board uh, for Zay Jones, but I think this is where he really starts to get targets and becomes a, an effective player. I, I think he's going to get the play before Keelan Doss does, so Zay Jones is worth a pickup to see what you got with him. Cole Beasley for the Bills had a great game last week. He's still available in a lot of places. He gets a lot of targets, and when he scores, uh, it's even better. So pick up Cole Beasley. And this next one is a little controversial. Um... Alan Hearns from the Dolphins. I realize the Dolphins' offense sucks. Devontae Parker is the main receiver. But Devontae Parker is getting yards, but Hearns is actually getting the touchdowns. And I'd rather have a touchdown than 40 yards, right? I mean, it's six points to four points. And Hearns seems to get, you know, 30 to 40 yards and a touchdown. And I will take that. I mean, that's almost 10 points. I want 10 points for my players. And um, everyone's going after Devontae Parker. Well, Alan Hearns has the same matchups as Devontae Parker, and so I can expect pretty big things from him moving forward as well. Uh, going to tight end, I mean, there's really nothing at tight end. I put Jack Doyle, if he's available, because he might be, now that Eric Ebron went to IR. And then I have uh, Foster Moreau for the Raiders. And I have Foster Moreau because he's intriguing. He's He's scored... I think twice in the last two or last three weeks. He doesn't get a lot of yards because Darren Waller gets all the wall, all the all the yards and the Raiders are definitely using all their you know both their tight ends in their uh, passing attack. And that's that's a good thing because Foster Moreau's a, a good talent. And I think just between the both of them, Waller and Foster Foster or Foster Moreau, Moreau is worth an ad and, and pick up, especially if you're hurting at tight end. So uh, definitely uh, at least keep uh, keep a watch out for him and, and see 
how he's doing these next couple weeks because uh, there's some good matchups to be had. It is time for our breaking news segment. And not a lot of news this week, which was pretty surprising. But uh, we'll jump right into it. Andy Dalton was named the starting quarterback again, which for Bengals fans that want to see them win a game this year is great news. I don't think they want to go through the season winless, and Andy Dalton definitely gives them the best chance to win. They're they're going to have the first overall pick in the draft. You just know it. The Bengals are horrible. and But Andy Dalton can at least be effective enough to, to win them a game. So I think that's where they're going here with that. Uh, Duck Hodges named the starting quarterback against Cleveland. That's good news as well. Mason Rudolph has regressed. And, I mean, Hodges is showing some moxie. He's not doing any any better than Mason Rudolph, but he, he shows more moxie and confidence, and I think that's what that offense needs. So that's, you know, and probably they don't want the distractions with Mason Rudolph this week against Cleveland. Um, I think that plays a big role in that. And I'm not saying that this is the whole season, but it definitely is for this week that Duck Hodges is, is going to be starting. Hunter Renfro, we talked about. We actually talked about all these things, but uh, Hunter Renfro broke his ribs, punctured his lung. He's out for the season. They're saying he could return, but he, he's out for the season. I don't see him coming back after something like that. Uh, Eric Ebron had surgery on both of his ankles, so he, he ruined one enough that uh, he, he he decided to get another one for his other ankle. So... That's bad news for the Colts, good news for Jack Doyle, but uh, Eric Ebron could uh, or, or can now be, be dropped as uh, he's, he's not coming back. It's unfortunate. Freeman, uh, Devonta Freeman and Austin Hooper might play this Thursday against the Saints. That's great news, especially the Saints are going to want revenge over what the Falcons did to them a couple weeks ago. And they definitely need all their weapons. So Freeman and Hooper coming back would be huge. And definitely, if you have them on your roster, pay attention to their availability because you want to be playing them if they are indeed ready to go, especially Hooper. So there's the news for the week. Let's get to the starts and sits for Thanksgiving as uh, it's the special time of year where you uh, have your cornucopia and mashed potatoes and turkey and stuffing and gravy and sit around and watch football. And so uh, let's review these games and let you know what I, what I think on them. Getting right into the starts and sits of the week for the Thanksgiving Day games. And... The line on the early morning game, Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions, is 1.5. So I'm taking the Bears, and I'm, I'm giving up that 1.5. The Lions are potentially down to their third-string quarterback, David Blow, David Blau. Like, I can't even pronounce it. Um, Jeff Driscoll is hurt, not practicing. 
And if that's the case, this is going to be the Bears all day long. Uh, saying that, you really got to like the Bears' defense with going up against a third-string quarterback. You're not going to like any of the Detroit Lions, unfortunately. It kind of diminishes what they're able to do all the way around from a fantasy perspective. So I'm benching Bo Scarborough. I'm benching uh, Kenny Galladay. I'm benching Marvin Jones. I'm benching TJ Hawkinson. I'm, yeah, benching everybody uh, just because I don't have faith that they're going to be able to move the ball on the Bears. And uh, it's kind of a a wasted opportunity. uh, And it comes at bad timing since it's, in most leagues, the last week of the season. So, man, Bears side of the ball, I really want to like David Montgomery. I really want to. His matchup is prime. He had a great matchup last time, a couple weeks ago against the Lions, and didn't do very much. And that's been kind of his forte lately. So if I have a playoff spot sewn up, I'm playing him. But if I need this week to win, I am not playing David Montgomery. I'm going with a better option that I have more faith in that will be uh, more solid because it's such a roll of the dice with David Montgomery has an amazing killer matchup, and you just don't know if he's going to pull through. So, uh, again, stay away from him if you need this win for the playoffs. But if you've clinched a playoff spot, yeah, go ahead, roll the dice. I mean, the matchup's really good. Um, Receiver, I like Anthony Miller a lot. Uh, He's starting to come around, and you're starting to see his, his volume go up, and he hasn't done anything at all. So for him to start creeping up there where he might be relevant again is is good to see. And, and we told you to pick up Anthony Miller last week, and then he went and had seven catches this last weekend. So uh, against Detroit on Thanksgiving, he this could be kind of a, a breakout for him, which, you know, I... I He's such a talented receiver. You you really would like to see that. I am starting Allen Robinson. He is just a stud, and he had a great week last week. You like to see him get back into the end zone. I think he does that again against the Lions, so you're playing Allen Robinson. Um, Taylor Gabriel, you know, I'm on the fence about I'm probably staying away from Taylor Gabriel, especially what's at stake this week for fantasy football purposes. Moving along to the Buffalo Bills at the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I go and say that the Dallas Cowboys defense isn't as good as what we say they are, and then they do that against the Patriots. I get it, though. Um, the, The Patriots offense isn't what it was at the beginning of the season, you know, people are saying it's Tom Brady regression. He's showing his age. I don't buy that. I don't believe it. I just think that uh, the Cowboys defense had a pretty good game. Uh, but saying that against the Bills, uh, the Cowboys are favored by six points. I take the Bills on this. I think the Cowboys win, but I still, you give me the Bills and six points with that defense, it's going to be a low scoring log fest, is what. I'm predicting, and you know, saying that I'm I'm not big on the 
the Bills' running backs, Gore or Singletary, against the Cowboys. Uh, I do like John Brown, just because it's John Brown, and he's done great these last couple weeks. And overall, the season he's had, uh, he's been Josh Allen's go-to target. So I definitely want to take John Brown, and, and I'm going to be starting him. Uh, Josh Allen I don't like as much just because against his defense, his style where he likes to run around and, and try to make plays. I don't see Josh Allen having a big game. And Cole Beasley, I, I could see Cole Beasley having a, a big game, going against his former team, wanting to you know, show Jerry Jones what he's missing out on. I, I expect a big game from Cole Beasley. And I think the Bills will try to get him that big game because they know how important this game will be to him. So start Cole Beasley with confidence. Start uh, John Brown with confidence. And, you know, Dawson Knox, he's coming on, but not enough to make me have any faith in him for my roster. So obviously he's a bench. And, yeah, take the Bills and the points. The uh, New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints are favored by seven points. And I'm taking Atlanta and the seven. They already beat them once this year, and I get that. Um, Saints are going to want revenge, so they're going to have a good game. I, I believe that as well. I just think that you know, the Falcons' defense is getting better. It's at home in the Dome. Falcons are actually pretty good at home in the Dome. And I think the Saints win, but I don't think it's by, you know, seven or more points. So take the Falcons and the points. Fantasy football-wise, I mean, I like everyone in this game. First two games were kind of a downer where I, I didn't like too many people, and, and there's not too many people I would start. This game, for sure, I mean, Drew Brees, sign me up. Alvin Kamara, sign me up. Latavius Murray, sign me up. Uh, Michael Thomas, of course, sign me up. Jared Cook, sign me up. Obviously, with the, you know, Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith, I'm benching those guys. You never know what you have with them week to week. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm big on whatever saint you can throw out there in this matchup. I, I think you'll, they'll have a big week. On the Falcon side of the ball, I don't like Devonta Freeman, especially coming off the injury. And if you're looking for a playoff spot, go elsewhere, put in a different option. Hooper I like a lot if he plays, so keep an eye on that because if he does, you want him in your lineup. And, you know, with Lattimore out, you got to like Julio Jones. you got to like Calvin Ridley. And you're playing both of them. I think it's it's a great matchup. And I like Russell Gage, even if Hooper plays. You think Hooper might take away some of those middle targets, but, you know, Gage filling in that Mohamed Sanu role against this Saints defense, I like it, especially at home. So uh, you're starting all the Falcons receivers. You're starting Matt Ryan, if he's playing, which he is. So... um yeah, all all the uh, pass-catching options on the Falcons you're starting. And, uh, yeah, you're leaving Devontae Freeman alone. So, there you have it. 
Thank you for joining us, the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. Please keep Burke in your thoughts and prayers as he recovers from this Xbox thumb. And hopefully we can get him in here for a segment and he has a quick recovery. If you'd like to reach me on Twitter, it is Ms. M-I-Z-Z Montalban, M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. And you could also email us at mizmontalban at gmail.com. We enjoyed having you, and happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners. We hope that uh, you there's a lot of turkey and gravy and stuffing in your future, and none of the heartburn that comes along with that sometimes. So uh, enjoy your turkey coma watching football, and we will be back again. Uh, before the weekend games. Thank you.